Talk Law Radio with Todd Marquardt is sponsored by the Marquardt Law Firm and does not attempt to solve your individual legal problems upon the basis of information contained herein. Instead, contact an attorney to discuss the specific facts and circumstances of your unique situation. The views and opinions of this program do not reflect the views of the Salem Media Group. It's time for Talk Law Radio with Todd Marquardt. Todd Marquardt, attorney at law in Texas. If you're a millionaire or a thousandaire, Talk Law Radio is now on the air. Call in with your business law question, your elder law question, veteran aid, Medicaid, build a business to get paid. 210-308-8867. Or ask a question online at marquardtlawfirm.com. That's M-A-R-Q-U-A-R-D-T lawfirm.com. And now, it's Talk Law Radio with Todd Marquardt. Welcome to Talk Law Radio. I'm your host, Todd Marquardt. We're on 9.30 a.m. The Answer, Apple Podcasts, and TalkLawRadio.com. Our sponsor today is Marquardt Law Firm. Attorneys at Marquardt Law Firm focus on business and estate law, including last wills, living trusts, and tax-protected inheritance plans new businesses and old businesses which might have issues with corporations, contracts, LLCs, FLPs, and we can represent those who are facing problems from lack of planning like guardianships, probate, and our other attorneys, Daniel Palmer and Alex Fulmer, can advocate you in a courtroom trial. The State Bar of Texas is the state agency that governs attorney law licenses And the state bar wants attorneys to inform the public about the law, but because legal advice must be tailored to the specific circumstances of each case, and because laws are ever-changing, material discussed in this program is meant for general informational purposes only, and is not to be construed as tax, legal, or investment advice. Although the information has been gathered from sources believed to be reliable, Please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should be relied upon only when coordinated with individual professional advice. Before we get started talking about the law, let's begin with prayer. Dear God, thank you for this day and for all the gifts and blessings that you give to us. Please forgive us for our sins, our mistakes, for doing the wrong thing and failing to do your will. Please help Richard J. Garcia, CPA, and me give good information to the listeners about federal income tax law. Help us to use the gifts and talents you have provided for the good of your people, for our own good, and for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Now it's time to discover your legal issue blind spots by listening to me talk about the law on the radio. Each year, it's a sure bet that there will be changes to current tax law, and this year is no different. From standard deductions to health savings accounts and tax rate schedules, today we're going to discuss with uh, CPA Richard J. Garcia a checklist of tax changes to help you plan your year ahead. So we're going to be introducing Richard uh, in our first segment, 
the second and third segments, we'll be talking about uh, tax changes and some warnings uh, about some scams and imposters of the IRS. And then in our fourth segment, we'll be talking about legacy. So, Richard, thank you for joining us. Thank you for inviting me on and allowing me to be here today. So, you graduated from Incarnate Word back in 1985, right? I did. Great school. Uh, My uncle had encouraged me to consider Incarnate Word. I had been accepted to a number of large uh, universities here in Texas, but what he gave me was some great advice. He says, uh, go to Incarnate Word, you're going to get a fine education, and you'll meet a nice girl to marry. So I accomplished two things with one with one move. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. And now you have your own CPA firm, but did you start out from the very beginning on your own? Yeah, I did. And actually, I fell into this um, self-employment deal uh, quite by accident. I was uh, looking for a first starter home. When you graduate, you're broke and and you got the the student loans to pay, and so you're trying to cobble together money. You you don't want to live with your with your mom for the rest of your life because uh, that's just sad. <laughs> so so uh, I was trying to put money together, and um, and uh, the fellow who sold me who helped put together the sale of my uh, starter home. He called me after that year, and he said, hey, do you do taxes? And I, I, I volunteered for Vita for a couple of seasons just to get a little experience under my belt. Then um, he asked, would you, do, would you do my tax return? And I thought, how hard could it be? You know, he's it probably just has, just has a couple of things, but it was basically a nightmare return. It was really complicated. Oh, wow. Yeah, he was, a, he was into a lot of things. But that was a good learning experience. You know, sometimes what you got to do is – uh, do your due diligence to book up on something and then um, and then attack it. And that's what happened. And uh, he wound up staying with me for 25 years until he passed away. Uh, God rest his soul. Wow, that's a, a, a big start for your career. So you got your degree and then you got your, your certification. Yeah, what happened is I had grabbed my degree and I started uh, started the practice um, but I didn't have the CPA right away. It, uh, I waited a little bit. Uh, the reason I went back to get it was because I was spending a good half hour whenever people were calling just to be able to convince them that I had the aptitude to be able to prepare the tax return. The, uh, they didn't see the initials behind my name, and so uh, rightfully so, they were, uh, they were worried. And so once they uh, probed with, with questions, you know, trying to test my knowledge, then they would give it to me, and it occurred to me at some point as a businessman, uh, I could use those 30 minutes to do another return. So I went back to get the to get the certification. Okay, so you're a certified public accountant, right? I am, yes. Um, but th- there's other people that prepare tax returns that don't have that same designation. What's the difference? Well, you, you have the CPA, so uh, if – you need representation before the IRS on some tax issues. They they uh, have the qualifications to be able to do that. But you also have enrolled agents, and th- they pass a test uh, before the IRS, and so they they have many of the same things. Uh, an attorney does it too. Uh, an actuary does it too. You can even have a relative um, that if you execute the power of attorney form, which is not like a like a legal power of attorney, mm-hmm. uh, this is more of a limitation to tax matters, and you'll mm-hmm. put down on that form exactly what it's covering, and the year or years that you'll be uh, talking about. 
then you get the clearance to be able to talk on those matters. Okay, but you have a, an emphasis in also, in addition to tax, also accounting. Yeah, accounting. So initially, my, I cut my teeth uh, just on the uh, the tax work, and then over time, I had clients that were asking, hey, uh, do you do bookkeeping? And I was kind of trying to keep it all on taxes. Mm-hmm. Um, but then as a businessman, and this is something you have to know as a small business owner, is how can I ex- expand my cash flow streams? And so I was like, well, there's one stream for taxes, or I can eat all year long. I like eating all year long because uh, I don't like to be fat for a few years to, <laughs> or a few months before I have to endure the lean. So we rolled in the bookkeeping mm-hmm. uh, for startup small businesses. And then um, then inevitably the question came up, hey, do you do payroll? And so then payroll rolled in. And uh, later on there's other services. I've, I've uh, been an instructor for a CPR review course here in town for about a decade and, uh, and also have taught QuickBooks seminars to help people uh, learn how to use their QuickBooks effectively. And QuickBooks is the number one most uh, popular accounting software package out there so it just makes sense that they didn't even pay you to say it no they didn't (laughs) no they didn't but so many people use it that by being able to to tell people yes i I use it every day Mm -hmm. uh, um, initially it was just for the bookkeeping but now i can get paid to be able to troubleshoot their issues and so i make money both ways brother right good (laughs) okay and how have you made your practice successful it starts slow, so achingly slow. Uh, when you first start in, you think that, uh, like like in the movies or TV shows, you're just going to hang your shingle there, mm-hmm. uh, your name on a shingle, and then you're open for business. Your little O-P-E-N is flashing, and so people are just walking in like, like, like they smell donuts or something. But it doesn't work like that at all, at least not for, for taxes. Okay, when we come back, we have a special uh, opportunity for our audience Um, So stay tuned because Richard is going to play something for us uh, when we come back after the break. And then we'll get into uh, some warnings about scams, imposters, and other other problems that uh, criminals come after when it comes tax time. So you'll definitely want to stay tuned for that. Make sure that you don't fall into any of those traps. You're listening to 9.30 a.m. The Answer uh, with your host, Todd Marquardt, on Talk Law Radio. If you recently moved to Texas from out of state, your current will, trust, and power of attorney may need to be reviewed and updated. Wills and powers of attorney are state-specific, so it might be a good idea to meet with a Texas attorney. Marquardt Law Firm is the go-to firm in San Antonio for wills, trust, and powers of attorney. They'll develop a strategy to tax-efficiently protect and preserve your assets, reduce family conflict, and maximize government benefits. Call today to schedule your no-cost legal consultation. 210-530-4278. Protect what's yours with Marquardt Law Firm. Welcome back to Talk Law Radio. It's your host, Todd Marquardt. I wanted to uh, say something about uh, the Bible um, because this is a a Christian radio show. And uh, one of my favorite things about being on 930 AM, the answer is that I can talk about my faith in Jesus. 
And it, it's uh, interesting to me that the Bible is full of references about taxes. Um, you probably remember the, the verse where the, the Pharisees asked Jesus, is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? Should we pay them or should we not? But knowing their hypocrisy, he said to them, why put me to the test? Bring me a denarius and let me look at it. And they brought one, and he said to them, Whose likeness and inscription is on this? They said to him, It's Caesar's. Jesus said to them, Render unto Caesar what is Caesar, and to God the things that are God's. Um, what, I, what I think that maybe uh, Mark left out, that was Mark twelve fourteen to 17, is uh, the phrase, Not a penny more. I, I could see Jesus saying that. <laughs> so uh, we're going to cut over to Richard. He has a special treat for us. Uh, in addition to uh, taxes and accounting, he also plays the ukulele. Yes, I do. I was a bit surprised you asked me to play on air. Uh, but before I do, I was never a great athlete, so I was never featured on the TV or the radio to be able to have an opportunity to say, Hi, Mom. But here's my shot. I made it intellectually, Mom. So, hi, Mom. <laughs> so here we go. So uh, I'll just play a little bit yeah. here. Just uh, I'm, I've been at it for a little less than uh, two years. It's gone great with the, with the quarantining and the COVID. So here we go. You can dance every dance with the guy who gave you the eye. Let him hold you tight. You can smile. Smile for the man Held your hand Neat the pale moonlight But don't forget Who's taking you home In his arms you're gonna be So darling Save the last dance for me And there's a few other paragraphs But uh, you gotta be a paid, uh, paid listener To be able to get the rest So that's all I'm gonna do for you this morning <laughs> Thank you so much, Richard. It, it, it's just amazing to me that you have enough time in the day uh, to do taxes, accounting, bookkeeping, payroll, and play the ukulele. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it, it, uh, it really relaxes me. It prepares me, it prepares me for my day. Uh, I, spend, uh, I spend the first hour uh, uh, studying chess. It's uh, an old hobby from my childhood. And uh, and then I do an hour's worth of uh, music practice, a uh, half hour on the ukulele and a half hour on the guitar, uh, because I I didn't get the opportunity to do it in um, in school, and so I wanted to rectify that. So so I, I have my own private little concerts every morning. It sets the tone for my day. It just uh, mellows me out. Great, and you probably need that because this time of year. Accountants are all busy doing everyone's tax returns. Yeah, taxes. And, and you're thinking, uh, generally people are thinking current year taxes. But, you know, we get quite a few calls for people who are in arrears with mm -hmm. filing. So it may be a couple of years. I've, I've prepared people that were as far back as 11 years so and, and, and years in between. So, so uh, there's the current stuff. There's the... Uh, there's the prior year stuff. There's um, IRS notices. They don't know how to do that. They just freak out. They're just frozen, kind of like when I look under the hood of my car. I'm just frozen. I look at it like I know what I'm doing, but I have no clue. So so being able to come to someone who works with that every single day to mm -hmm. help interpret what, what those words mean 
that's that's the direction we give them. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because it, it segues nicely into our warnings about scams. And uh, what, what I like to tell clients at the law firm is if you get any notice in the mail or any phone call about your real property, uh, it's okay to give me a call and ask me, is this legit? Because there's uh, so much scams out there, people, criminals trying to take advantage of your real estate, I would imagine it, it's the same for taxes. If, if they get something in the mail or if they get a phone call, it's best just to ask a, a CPA. Uh, that's right. Uh, or, or you can go to the uh, irs.gov website, and they'll talk about scams, what's, what's hot, what the hot, uh, hot topics are mm-hmm. in, in terms of that. A few years back, there were people that were getting phone calls from these scammers saying, if you don't uh, pay us right now, we need you to go get a, a, a card. And gift then, cards. Yeah, gift card and pay, which if you think about it, it sounds completely ludicrous. But people were actually doing it. Yeah. So, so the IRS doesn't operate that way. There's a number of steps before they get ready to, to uh, sweep money out of your account that happen. You're going to get plenty of advance warning. They're not going to come on and try to strong arm you that way. So um, I have had um, over the years a number of people call, and, and I tell them, okay, tell me exactly what they said. Right. And, and so I said, no, that, that's bogus. And if you, if you want, you can make a phone call to the IRS. You can give them your tax information, your Social Security and your name and your address, mm-hmm. and they'll be able to look it up and tell you where you really stand. And nine times out of ten, it's it's likely a scam because there, there like I said, would have been several notices before. And if that's yeah. too scary for you, you can ask a CPA to verify that as well. That's right. Well, what will happen is, is uh, hey, Richard, can you make a phone call? I can make a phone call, but they're not going to talk to me until we execute a power of attorney right. because the IRS is going to want to see that, to see exactly mm-hmm. what I'm qualified to speak on, their, on my client's behalf about. So if, if uh, it happened to be where it was something in 2016, but the power of attorney was covering 2017 through 2023, mm-hmm. It's, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. We'll have to execute an, a, another one to capture that. And a lot of those scams, they're targeting the elderly, and they target uh, people that uh, don't aren't native English speakers, um, because uh, if, if you can't understand what somebody's saying, then you might do the wrong thing. And so, if if you fall into one of those categories, just know that uh, you might be a target, and so it's a good idea to verify what the person on the phone is saying uh, from someone other than the person on the phone. (laughs) That's right, because we we get a chance to interact. I probably interact with the IRS at least a couple of times a month on behalf of different clients, new clients. And so you you get used to the the cadence, the the dialogue, and uh, so you recognize what's real and you recognize what's false. Uh, uh, over time, so um, so yeah, I, I would say call someone who who deals with that every day if you're uncertain, rather than to just uh, follow it blindly. One of the scams that's um, sort of new is the ghost preparer. What is that about? So let's say that you're looking around, and and, and typically uh, you you want quality service, but you also want to pay a dollar. So the the problem with paying the dollar is you may not get the, get the quality service right. with the credentials. So the ghost preparer, what that is, is maybe they're great, but when they prepare your tax return and don't sign as the paid preparer, that's an alarm 
So you need to say to them when, when you're considering using them, hey, so you're going to sign this return. And if they say no, then what are you really getting? They're not even willing to stand behind their own work with, with their name. Mm-hmm. So you, you need to be careful on that. If you're not getting them to sign, sign your return, you're not getting much at all. And, and they, there can be repercussions to the, to the preparer because keep in mind – on the on the form, page two by your signature, it says that the information is correct, true, and complete to the best of your knowledge. So you can't suddenly, when they don't see the paid preparer, you can't suddenly say, oh, well, somebody else prepared it. Well, where's their signature? Oh, well, he didn't sign it, but or she. I, I don't mean to be sexist. Mm-hmm. Uh, he or she didn't sign it, but, but they prepared it, I, I promise you. So so make sure you get that signature there before um, you, or before you go, uh, go further. Or if they're not willing to do that, then you need to find someone else, and maybe you need to adjust your your um the amount you're willing to pay to greater than a dollar because you get kind of what you pay for yeah i thought that was so interesting and i i looked it up uh there's a a law in uh, the federal regulations that says anyone who's paid to prepare or assists in preparing federal tax returns must have a preparer tax identification number ptin Paid preparers must sign and include their PTIN on returns. Well, there you go. And so you can actually lose your ability to prepare uh, uh, and transmit elect- electronically your tax returns if you don't follow certain rules. Uh, there's also stories that come up uh, from time to time where uh, you have offices that get raided because uh, maybe they, uh, the preparer didn't follow the rules of, of uh, tax law. And uh, so there are repercussions. Uh, you you want to make sure it's a, a reasonable effort has been made. Uh, but if it turns into uh, criminal, then uh, then there's going to be issues for the for the taxpayer, and there's certainly going to be issues for the paid preparer who signs that uh, that that generated that because they should have known better. Yeah, there was a, a federal court in Orlando that shut down one of these uh, ghost tax preparers. Uh, um, he, uh, oh no, it, it was a lady. Uh, she was not signing the returns. Um, but also the, the way that they tracked her down was she was understating liabilities and overstating refunds. And those people were being audited by the IRS and they figured out it was all from that source. Right. So, again, there's going to be a a double hammer effect here because the taxpayer is now going to have to pay the the uh, uh, underpayment liability. There's going to be interest on that. And certainly there there can mean jail time for the uh, for the preparer who knowingly Mm -hmm. completed uh, a return that's that's false. Mm -hmm. So. Um, so, so th- this is not a game to play play with. Oh, I want to save you a couple hundred bucks. Oh, by the way, though, there could be terrible repercussions if uh, if yeah. they find out. Oh, okay, so you're willing to gamble. <laughs> okay. Okay, so we want to watch out for that. We'll talk more about some other uh, warnings later on. Uh, what I want to get into now is uh, what are some uh, tax deadlines that you think uh, we should be aware of. It, well, it depends on, on uh, what your focus is. If you're talking individuals, individual tax returns, then we're talking about the April 15th uh, deadline. 
It's really going to be on the 15th this year? Uh, God willing. I mean, there was some unusual circumstances that caused us to move to the July 15th and the prior year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, we're back to the April April 15th. And if it falls on a weekend, it goes to the next business day. Now, what happens if, uh, for whatever reason, you can't manage to gather all your tax paperwork? What do you do then? You're supposed to submit by April the 15th. Uh, well, what you can do is you can prepare an extension, and an extension will allow you to file uh, by October 15th. Now, what that is is additional time to file, but not additional time to pay, so you need to make sure that you pay throughout. Well, what if I'm consistently short on what I owe every year? Well, they have a form, a 1040 ES, and so you could be able to uh, add a little more throughout uh, the year with the 1040 ES vouchers, Or um, when you're working with your tax preparer, if you notice that consistently you're short and you owe, is to be able to go over with your your tax preparer, hey, uh, what can I do to change change this? I'm tired of having to come up with a great deal of money at the end of the year. And they should be able to visit with you. Okay, well, the reason why you're short is from these areas and these are the steps you need to take so that you can get out of that predicament. Now, what happens if you owe a great deal more money, and um, there was something that was unforeseen. So now you don't have the ability to pay it in mm-hmm. cash. You don't have the ability to pay it with a credit card. Uh, you're, well, we'll come back and we'll answer that. Yeah, that that's a good a cliffhanger. You're better at this radio thing than you think. <laughs> okay, so we're going to take a break, and then we'll talk about um, what happens if you're in debt to the IRS. Uh, We'll also talk about um, rebates, deductions, credits, um, all the good stuff uh, that you should ask your uh, CPA or tax preparer about because we can't tell you exactly what to do. We're just giving you information about what to look for. And then uh, we'll talk about um, other interesting tidbits of information about taxes Stay tuned, it's Talk Law Radio with Todd Marquardt. Talk Law Radio with Todd Marquardt is sponsored by the Marquardt Law Firm and does not attempt to solve your individual legal problems upon the basis of information contained herein. Instead, contact an attorney to discuss the specific facts and circumstances of your unique situation. The views and opinions of this program do not reflect the views of the Salem Media Group. Welcome back to Talk Law Radio. It's your host, Todd Marquardt, and uh, Richard's about to tell us uh, what are some things to think of uh, when you're in debt with the IRS? But I wanted to mention another Bible verse that uh, I thought was uh, relevant to our discussion today. Um, there's a a verse in, in Romans 13 um, that's uh, about submitting to the authorities, you know, the government, and uh, the issue of taxes comes up. Uh, In verse uh, 6, chapter 13, verse 6 of Romans, it says, You also pay taxes for the authorities or ministers of God attending to this very thing. Pay to all what is owed to them, taxes to whom taxes are owed, revenue to whom revenue is owed, respect to whom respect is owed, honor to whom honor is owed. Okay, with that in mind... 
Um, what happens if we're in debt to the IRS? So you're in debt and you don't have the ability to, to pay it in full. So what do you do from there? Well, now you're looking at uh, some options. One is you can do an installment agreement. And generally, uh, up to $50,000 can be taken care of uh, with the agent that you're speaking with. And so you'll have uh, 72 months to pay that back. Um, is it zero interest loan? No, 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 of course not. Because uh, the IRS is not in the business of giving zero interest loans. So there's going to be some interest on it. And then there's uh, there's a, an initiation fee that the IRS is going to charge, an administrative fee, I think they call it. Uh, I think it's like from 80 bucks to a little under $300 that they're going to roll into there. And so uh, some of the caveats of that is that you're going to have to make sure that you file all the taxes in within the payment period on time and in full. And if you don't, mm-hmm. then it's going to put it into default. But let's say that you go beyond that and uh, you you uh, it's just so high that um, – you can't even pay then installments. I yeah, I can't even pay it. They won't put you into the plan because it's it's greater than the 50000 Then you're talking about an offer and compromise, which is basically saying, uh, wink, wink, hey, IRS, I, 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 uh, I promise I'll be better next time if you'll give me a pass on this. I'll pay you a portion, and I promise that uh, I won't do it again. So the IRS says, okay, I tell you what, we'll, we, we, we may accept it or we may not. And the reason I, I phrase it that way is because statistically speaking, the number of offer and compromise uh, cases that are approved stands at about 20%. So 20 mm-hmm. out of 100 that are submitted are actually approved. That's not, that's not a big percentage. And what's different about the, uh, the offer and, uh, and compromise now that was before is before you would be able to put forth an offer and compromise, and if they didn't want it, you could come back with another one. In the present time, what they're doing is you'll put forth your offer and compromise along with the money. And if they don't like the deal, they'll still take the money and they'll say, so what's your plan now? Yeah. So, so that's something else. But now let's, uh, let's say that uh, you can't even put the money together to do the offer and compromise to settle pennies on the dollar. Then now what you're going to have to say is, look, I am just dead broke right now. I just don't have the wherewithal. There's not enough money to cover living. Mm-hmm. And so they'll be looking at granting you a hardship. So what a hardship is, is look, there's no point trying to squeeze uh, blood from a stone at this point. So what we're going to do is we're going to look at the evidence to see how much money you're making. And then we're going to look and see what the what the average is uh, of, of typical households um, expenditures. And if you meet that criteria, then we're not going to pursue anything right now. doesn't mean that we're, we're not going to look to collect at some point. But we realize that until you can turn your uh, situation around, mm-hmm. that we're, uh, there's no point to try to uh, um, continue with the notices and whatnot because you just, you just don't have it. What are some warnings that uh, people in this situation should watch out for? Well, you know, you'll, you, uh, over the course of the past few years, there's been uh, some uh, some providers that'll say we can we can settle this for pennies on the dollar, things like that, uh, and so it appears to be that that they can make that happen for everybody mm-hmm. that, that comes to them. But as I mentioned before, statistically speaking, only twenty out of a hundred that right. are submitted get approved. So that's that can't mean that they can get them all mm-hmm. taken care of. And so the other thing with that is that you'll get you'll um, you could have a company that says, "Okay, pay me 6,000 up front to get started." And then they get started but with the, uh, still a very low 
statistical chance. Yeah, of what it. I heard was the IRS went after some of these uh, people that were advertising heavily that that they could get this relief for everybody, and they would charge you just to submit the application for offer and, and compromise, and and you know whether or not you were successful, they still got paid. Yeah, up front. And so they didn't care whether it was successful or not. They just uh, wanted to get that big uh, upfront fee. Right, right. I've been doing uh, taxes for over 30 years. I, I've yet to actually have someone who's wanted to move forward with an offer and compromise. So it, it, it does happen. I just haven't had the opportunity. I've mm-hmm. had many that have gone the uh, installment agreement route or, or uh, those less fortunate, the hardship until their, their situation turns around. So it, it's not a normal normal thing that happens every day. It's, it's, it's kind of uncommon. Let's get into something a little bit more upbeat. Okay. Uh, credits and deductions. So what what's popular this year or what's new? What should we be looking out for? Well, what I like is um, uh, I noticed that the charitable contributions has moved off of the Schedule A uh, for those people that file a standard deduction. And uh, maybe that's uh, due to... Uh, seeing the the amount of charitable contributions decrease, and so the government said, "Hey, well, that's that's not really what we wanted to have happen." Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, the government increased the chart. I'm sorry, the standard deduction, so that now uh, a, a lot more people are able to just qualify to do that. Simplify, mm-hmm. but I guess it had an effect on on those. Uh, uh, those uh, charitable Charities. contributions uh, going down, so they they've managed to move that move that over as a separate line on the form 1040. So I think that that's really exciting. Um, the other thing is the um, well. Wait before you leave that topic. What what's the difference uh, moving it from the schedule to the the inside the 1040? Well, okay, so look at it this way. You have a standard deduction that uh, that you're going with, and so with everything, um, let's just say it's married filing joint for the year 2020. It's now going to be $24,800. Mm-hmm. And let's say that you're buying a home, so you have mortgage interest, you have real estate taxes and charter contributions. So that, so now you, you feel you're paying a lot of money. You're paying like nineteen five. Well, your standard deduction is for this year married filing joint is twenty four eight. So you'll take the higher number because that means uh, more wiped out from what's going to be considered right. taxable. So um, wouldn't it be great to be able to take the standard deduction, which is what they're moving toward, mm-hmm. be able to take the standard deduction of the 24-8 and then take a further adjustment for the amount of money that you've made in charitable contributions? Okay, I see. Yeah. So that's great. Yeah. So I, I think that's great for the charitable, con- uh, the charitable organizations, and I think that's that's a great idea for the taxpayer because I don't think the I don't think it was uh, designed so that you contribute less to to right. worthwhile causes. So we we can do that for our twenty twenty returns, and is that going to be the the same rule for twenty twenty one? I haven't checked out uh, on the go for beyond. Uh, at the moment, but I would imagine uh, uh, on the current way, it's probably likely. Okay. Now, there is something else to cover, which is the um, – uh, there, there was the uh, stimulus money that had come in and uh, recover rebate credit. That's what it is. So now mm-hmm. on line 30 of the Form 1040, let's say you didn't get your money. 
well, I didn't get my money because something happened. Uh, uh, there's still a chance that you can be able to get that in the form of a credit on your personal tax return. But, uh, well, what about if, if I did, but I, I, I'm entitled to more? Mm-hmm. Well, you'll still fill that out minus whatever you received to date and, and see whatever might be left, if anything. Okay. So those are two of the biggest that, I, that I'm uh, pretty excited about for this tax year. Okay, so let's say that uh, somebody doesn't want to use a ghost tax return preparer. Uh, they want to do it legitimately, um, but they still want low cost. What are some options there? That's a really great question. So um, what you can consider is you have the IRS uh, website, irs.gov, and there is some um, there is some uh, free tax software available there, as long as you make uh, under seventy two thousand dollars a year, uh, that you can use to be able to prepare your taxes and file for free, which is great. Free for free, free. Free for free, free. <laughs> yeah, it's not the free with a catch. So that's I think that's great. So uh, free file. Yeah, and here's the other thing. So let's just say. That uh, you know what I I I don't make seventy two thousand. Instead, I make uh, I make uh, under fifty seven thousand uh, dollars. Let's also say that uh, maybe uh, uh, I'm elderly. Mm-hmm. You don't have to necessarily be elderly to to qualify for this next thing. But I, I just don't understand it. It's just too complex for me. Is there some other low cost? Yeah. So we'll talk about that when we come back. Another low cost option where you get some. Uh, instruction uh, about your taxes. Um, You're with uh, Todd Marquardt on Talk Law Radio. We're here with uh, CPA Richard J. Garcia on 930 AM, The Answer. Uh, Later, uh, we'll upload this uh, recording to Apple Podcasts. Then you can listen to me uh, any day of the week. Um, But uh, for right now, uh, we're on 930 AM, The Answer. And we'll be right back. If you recently moved to Texas from out of state, your current will, trust, and power of attorney may need to be reviewed and updated. Wills and powers of attorney are state-specific, so it might be a good idea to meet with a Texas attorney. Marquardt Law Firm is the go-to firm in San Antonio for wills, trust, and powers of attorney. They'll develop a strategy to tax-efficiently protect and preserve your assets, reduce family conflict, and maximize government benefits. Call today to schedule your no-cost legal consultation. 210-530-4278. Protect what's yours with Marquardt Law Firm. Welcome back to Talk Law Radio. It's your host, Todd Marquardt, with uh, CPA Richard J. Garcia talking about federal tax law. The tax season is upon us, and we just finished talking about free file on uh, irs.gov. That's where you can find some more information about that. And Richard was about to announce another option for getting some help, low cost or free 
What was that, Richard? So this is uh, VITA, Volunteer Income Tax Assistance, and so absolutely free. If you have one operating in your area, you can go there with your tax paperwork, and trained preparers will prepare your return for free and submit them. So that's a great situation to be in. Of course, there's going to be some criteria. They, they're not going to be able to handle really complex tax issues. Just uh, think of it in terms of, hey, I've got a, uh, maybe a W-2, a little bit of interest income, some fairly simple vanilla stuff. And so this way you can save the money. You might have to wait a little bit because there's going to be a line because there, there typically is for free. But mm-hmm. you can get it done by people who have been uh, trained on how to do it. And if you need to help finding a location where this assistance is provided, you can go to irs.gov and they will have a, a link where you can try and find uh, the VITA loca- locator tool, or you can call 800 906 9887. And that's uh, how you can find a VITA location. Uh, Now, because of the pandemic, there might be some um, things that you have to do to to get in. Um, But if your return is more complicated, maybe you should hire a professional. Yeah, there, there could be uh, – maybe you can attack it uh, you, and do it yourself. Uh, I'm a big do-it-yourself person. And so how would I go about doing that if I had never done it before? Well, I might grab my prior year tax return and look to see how that was done, what paperwork was there. And if it's the same type of paperwork, okay, I see where that number goes. I see where that number goes. The uh, um, IRS has a really great instru- instruction booklet, that the instruction guide for the 1040 um, – Ta- uh, tax return, so you can just follow that, and it'll tell you what what should be on the different uh, on the different lines. You might still be, you know, what I I, I just don't want to do it. There's a short circuit between my brain and 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 where I'm holding the pencil or pen. I just don't want to do it. So you can start to look, and so you, you can check around. You can check on your um, do a Google search for uh, tax preparers in in your particular town. You can see the reviews of these people, you can be able to ask your friends, hey, who do you use? And mm-hmm. so that still works. Um, you can call the San Antonio chapter of CPAs. They have a free uh, um, referral network as well. So, uh, and, and certainly I'll, I'll bet you within three miles of where you live, there's probably a preparer uh, near you. So, mm-hmm. Well, what, what I worry about is uh, what am I missing? Uh, is, there some, is there a deduction out there that I just don't know about and so that's when i think that it's good to hire a professional is because there might be some things you don't know that you don't know (laughs) (laughs) well that's true and so if it's an omission and you could have gotten a bigger refund uh, you have a certain amount of time to be able to follow an amendment three years so Mm -hmm. so uh, and then after that you're out of luck now consider that if you owe uh, don't worry because they're going to keep coming at you to to get that money if they determine that you actually owe oh, that there was a mistake made and and they caught it. Now, how are the ways that you that they would catch those things? Well, one is uh, there's within the, there's a random generator that just happens to pull your name. Two, there's an error or omission that the uh, program the the database program that the IRS uses will will uh, identify maybe a, maybe a missing signature or something like that. Three. Mm-hmm. You've uh, you've had uh, an audit uh, or an issue in the past, so you have a higher incidence of 
of uh, having them look at it again and because they don't know if you've learned your lesson yet. Mm-hmm. And then there's the, the fourth one, the outright Al Capone fraud, where you represent yourself as a secondhand furniture salesman, but you're living in like the dominion. You know, the, the <laughs> lifestyle with the income that you're reporting is incongruent. So, <laughs> I saw a quote about Al Capone. How can they uh, legally tax illegal money? Yeah. Well, you know, what's <laughs> funny about the IRS is um, they don't care what you do to earn the money. They want a piece of the action. There, there's other departments of the government that will be concerned about that. But they want the taste of the action. Mm-hmm. So you need to report it. So, uh, yeah, it, does, it crosses all lines of work, all lines of work. One thing that surprised me about you is when I asked you about uh, jokes about the IRS, you had a different perspective about uh, IRS workers. I think they're great. I mean, there's been a hiring freeze for the longest time. So they're doing more work with fewer people. And so rarely, I believe, are they actually having someone say, thank you. Thank you for helping me in this situation. I always make it a point when I am um, chatting with them at the end of the conversation. Thank you for what you do. You made a difference in this person's life today. Thank you. That's awesome. That's a unique perspective. Somebody who... Uh, cares about IRS workers. And just like in the Bible, there were uh, tax collectors back then, and uh, Jesus was always getting shamed for having dinner with tax collectors. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, so now we're in the last segment of the show, and this is the segment that Marquardt Law Firm sponsors, and so we like to talk about legacy. Uh, Richard, would you share what would you like your legacy to be? Uh, well, I, having started a, a business from from nothing, absolute nothing, uh, to be able to know that the business continues on beyond my my lifespan and uh, in, in in as a family business, a mom and pop, just like there are many other mom and pop businesses here in San Antonio and around the world. So, I'd like to see that uh, that move past. I've got a, I've got my youngest daughter who's in her senior year at a. Uh, in college, and she's chosen the accounting profession. And so uh, it looks like I got a shot to be able to see this go on beyond my lifespan, and that makes me very happy. Awesome. I had that dream, too, and I don't know what the future holds. My my kids are still young, uh, but my oldest son, Reagan, was super smart. He still is, and I would bring him to the office all the time, and uh, I thought, if we were if we were growing up in the time of Lincoln, uh, Reagan could just be my apprentice, and that would be his schooling, and he could be a lawyer, you know, even when he's uh, still young. Uh, but he he didn't want to be a lawyer, so uh, I didn't force that upon him. Um, I've talked to my other children, uh, Thomas and Caitlin, about. Uh, whether they want to be a lawyer, and all signs are are pointing to no (laughs) for right now. But you probably didn't think your daughter would want to be an accountant. No, I didn't. Until she did. Yeah, I didn't. It really surprised me. So, uh, no, she wanted to to go into the medical field, and then – and then she had had a change in her direction, and uh, I didn't want to push because it's easy for a parent to say, "Yes, you sh- you should do it this way." Mm-hmm. I, I don't want it to be where you know, thirty years later in the career, she's like, "I hate this profession. I wish I'd never listened to you. You're an idiot." <laughs> so, so I, I wanted her wanted it to be her choice, and if she wanted to go into it, then absolutely, I'd give her the tools so that she could be able to be successful. But it had to be her decision. Yeah, 
it's it's better that way because then it's their choice. I was supposed to be an eye doctor. My granddad's an eye doctor. My dad was an eye doctor. And so uh, I, I tried, uh, but I could hardly get through calculus. <laughs> and I didn't want to take that class again. And so what I was really interested in was uh, the law and uh, more specifically the, the philosophies about uh, organizing society and, and starting constitutions and that that's what would get me out of bed in the morning, and uh, that's what led me to the law. So I'm I'm not going to push it on my kids either. Um, but that would that would be a legacy that I could leave behind. And even if I don't leave it to to them, um, you know, I, I hope to establish a practice that um, other attorneys will will join in with me, and then they'll serve uh, the public in San Antonio and. We'll have people that have legally enforceable estate plans that uh, are helping their families to uh, have less chaos, you know, when when you're grieving. So that brings me to um, something I wanted to talk about since tomorrow's Valentine's Day. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you better grab your box of chocolates. Uh, so uh, I think estate planning is an act of love. Uh, there are some benefits uh, for the person that writes their will to have uh, legally enforceable plans. Um, most notably, if you're, if you're making medical directives where you want to make sure that you absolutely never receive some type of medication or you absolutely do want uh, to live out your, your elderly years at home or in the nicest retirement community in town. Um, But it also has uh, benefits for those that we leave behind because, like I said, uh, it gives them peace when everything's written down uh, because they don't have to guess and they don't have to fight with each other. Uh, The beneficiaries don't have to fight with each other about what you really wanted. So I think it's an act of love because they know that you worked on it. You did something for them to get prepared, and and so if you know somebody who um, doesn't have their affairs in order, uh, you don't have to wait until your your last breath. In fact, you want to do it while you're healthy. So I would recommend that uh, people uh, get their will done um, as soon as possible. Everybody over the age of eighteen should have a will power of attorney, medical power of attorney, and maybe a directive if they have some strong feelings on uh, life support. So before we end uh, the show, we've got a couple of more minutes. Uh, Anything else that you can think of that uh, people need to know about taxes this year? Yeah, well, uh, I want to be able to piggyback on what you just mentioned about estates and whatnot. So what happens when you have a a married couple and one of the spouses dies? How does that affect the tax return for that year? Mm -hmm. So um, you'll still file married filing joint. Even though they passed, you'll have to note the date that the spouse died on there. They'll sign. Uh, You want to make sure to alert all the um, financial, financial institutions uh, of the passing so that uh, they can be able to move those accounts to mm-hmm. whoever the beneficiary is. Otherwise, right. if you let them linger, now you've got to worry about an estate return um, right. in, in the future years until you get that resolved. So 
uh, it's just something to keep in mind that, well, they don't have to file what they should. Yeah, well, thank you for mentioning that, and thank you for being on the show today. You are welcome. It was a real treat to hear you play the ukulele, and we learned something about taxes, hopefully. (laughs) I hope so. Okay, and... Just in case you forgot, it's Talk Law Radio with your host, Todd Marquardt, uh, talking about federal income tax law with Richard J. Garcia, CPA. Uh, You can find his contact information if you're interested in learning more about him at www.richardjgarciacpa.com. See you next time.